Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, BTR.org. I'm Anne. I'm sure you remember what it was like when you were searching for help, maybe for your husband, hoping to find the right program or therapist. That's why I started podcasting. I supported my husband through seven years of pornography addiction recovery, and not one therapist during that time told me I was experiencing emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion. I didn't want any other woman on the planet to be in the dark. If you're like me, one simple anonymous way to help spread the word is to click follow or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. While you're there, every five-star rating also makes this podcast more visible and will help save other women from getting the wrong kind of help, like a couple program that'll make this type of abuse worse. If you've already purchased a copy of my book, Trauma Mama Husband Drama, please circle back and give it a five-star rating. A lot of women are searching for books about betrayal trauma, and Rating Trauma Mama will help them find this podcast, which is free to everyone. If you're like the majority of my listeners, you're experiencing the type of abuse that's invisible and difficult to wrap your head around. Your husband is using porn or having affairs or lying to you, and you're getting the same bad advice about how to improve communication or your relationship. If you need real support, check out our daily group session schedule at btr.org. We'd love to see you in a session today. Claire and I are back on today's episode, continuing our conversation. This conversation gets a little intense at this point. Um, Claire and I really jived, and there's a lot that I edited out that you do not hear. And so you're going to hear me like with sort of certainty, like, this is what you should do, and this is what is happening. There's a lot in this episode that was edited out. So I just want you to kind of keep that in mind. No, also... I obviously don't have all the answers. If you've listened to the podcast from the beginning, you know that I have evolved over time. My feeling now is really strong that getting to safety first and observing from a safe distance is the safest thing for women. Now, every situation is different and every woman is different and only you know what's best for you. As you listen to this episode, know that my like intensity is only due to my own personal experience with for years confronting and explaining to someone and having them do what I asked, but then it never actually getting me to safety. So I'm coming at this conversation from a very personal place. And I don't know if I was triggered per se, as I've just really passionate about warning women not to give their abuser a checklist. I talk about the strategic thought and communication tactics workshop that we have. We've shortened the name of that now. So it's just the BTR strategy workshops. If you see that online, we really recommend this for everyone. So they know a strategy in order to observe from a safe distance. It will help give you some safety so you can observe to find out what's really going on. So go to our website and check that out. That's btr.org strategy. We're just going to jump right into this conversation. I think the reason why I'm concerned about the confrontation is because I did that for seven years with my ex and he always sounded like fabulous. (laughs) Our relationship is amazing. And this is the most important thing to me. I care about our family because I went through that and all of it was grooming. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, there's never a reason to tell them. The only thing to do is just to like make your way to safety and then observe from a safe distance If they're choosing to be a healthy person. Yeah, because talking to them about it, like, it just gives them more to groom you with. I'm not sure. (laughs) 
I believe you that that's, I don't know, isn't there like a 2%? Yeah. I could be the 2% Anne. You, know you could. <laughs> I'm hoping. I really you hope totally could be. <laughs> but because I thought I was the 2%, I'm not saying you're not, but because I thought I was, that's why it always makes me super nervous to be like, there's no reason to talk to them about it. Did your husband sound like that all the time? Because that yes. is what my husband sounds like all the time. From the minute I married him, I was confronting it head on. I, I never went through the love serve forgive face well, but I would call him out and I kept but I think I was trying to connect like you did this and he would shut me down but then he would apologize later but it would be this vague I love you and I'm sorry and not apologies specific to uh-huh. what he did so yeah but I would call him out I was calling him out but I think it was an effort to get to like connect and it's like you can't connect with someone unless they are willing to be seen and they actually are willing to see you that was missing over and over and over again, trying to like my therapist said, I'm trying to logic mind him and to cut it out. <laughs> exactly. Which is also kind of, frankly, what confronting is too. Yeah. It's a, it's another so, way of doing that. So just something to think about. Yeah. I don't want to be like, and then I gave her a lecture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with you lecturing me. I think it's, it's healthy and it is concerning, right? Yeah. I am definitely being love bombed. I actually did start having some nightmares as I feel like more comfortable with him. Like I had, (laughs) I had dreams that he was watching me sleep and stuff like that. But I think, I think a lot of my insecurity is still around my inability to walk away. Like I'm still struggling with that. Mm -hmm. I haven't done it a hundred percent. And since he's love bombing, I haven't gotten as many chances to. What do you think though? Because I feel like if he's handling, if he's being honest. Well, that's the problem. I'm saying if it looks like he's being honest over time, if he says he's going to do things and he does them. Yeah. If he can handle criticism. He's told me if I tell him office that he'll go and sleep in the office when we're back together. Like if I tell him to leave that he'll leave. He will not. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, then it would be done though at that point. This would be a good way to know. Say, you know what? The more I think about it, the more I feel like you moving into your own apartment would help me know. Yeah. Will you move into your own apartment and see how mad he gets? See how he handles it. Oh, he would get super mad, I'm guessing. Well, he did get upset because he was hoping to reconcile like this month. I don't know why he had a deadline in his mind. And when I said our therapist said it would take uh, several more months at least. Oh, it's going to take like a year. (laughs) Tell him him it's going to take five years. Uh, You're like, it's going to take five years and then watch him see, see him freak out. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, But what if it takes a year? I feel like if I can say you are gaslighting me and he walks away and he doesn't pout about it and he comes back and says what he did, right? Then I'm not being abused anymore. No, you're still being abused because he gaslighted you in the first place. And not if I walk away from it. No, you are because he gaslit you. Okay, listen to what you're saying. This is turning into a therapy session. I know, sorry. But like, okay, he comes in and he abuses me. And if I can confront the abuse and tell him he's abusive and he walks away and he can come back and say, yes, I was abusive, then it's okay. If you see this pattern over time, like he comes and abuses you, you point it out to him. This is why I'm saying not pointing it out to him. Like I like that method because you just move away. Then the only way you talk to him is if he stops gaslighting you. Yeah, that's a valid point. Because otherwise, you're actually still being abused. Because I'm being love-bombed and all that still. Well, the gaslighting was abuse. Yeah. 
So what I'm yeah. saying is you're still being abused. Yeah. It was only once a month, though. Like, you know, I actually said that to myself. I said, I, I did a calendar. <laughs> and then I actually did a calculation. I was like, okay, one out of 30. I remember doing this. I like pulled out my calculator and I was like, one divided by 30. That means I'm he's only <laughs> abusive 3% of the time. I didn't know that's what it looked like for you. If he's on the spectrum of abuse. She said he's extremely abusive. So if she's saying he's extremely abusive. Yeah. She said he's not sad. He's angry. He's not lonely. He's being controlling. I mean, he is lonely, but he's being controlling. What you're describing to me is like, you're kind of saying I'm willing to be abused as long as I can tell him, hey, you're abusive and he'll admit it. Well, as long as he'll leave me alone, actually. So if he were actually non-abusive, he would come to you. He wouldn't gaslight you or anything. He would say, look, I know you're needing your space right now because I've been abusive. Is now an okay time to talk to you or would you like your space? That is what you need to see to talk to him. <laughs> There's literally no reason to keep telling him over and over the same thing. You're like Basically, you're saying now... He comes in, he abuses me. I say, you're abusing me. And he's like, tells me, okay. And he'll leave. No, he'll leave. And then he leaves. Yeah. And then come back and tell me later. We haven't gone to that part, actually, but I'm hoping that's where we can. That's no. what I'm hoping for. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He hasn't come back later? Um, No, he has, but it's only been like the past week. But that's when I called him out specifically and I already told. So this is the problem. Because he's not mature enough to do it on his own. Well, of course he's not because he didn't do any of it until I said I was going to kick him out. He's not doing it now either. You know why he's not doing it now? Because you're giving him check boxes and he's checking the boxes. You mean he's he's not coming to me and saying this is the type of person I want to be? He's not doing it now. You confronting him about it and telling him what you need. You're giving him a piece of paper with check boxes on it. He's really, really good at checking boxes. So that's what he's doing right now. He's not even remotely caring about you. Not even a little bit. You mean because he cares about himself? He just wants to get back. And that's the whole reason. Yeah. So basically, he abuses you. You give him a checkbox. You say, here's a checkbox. He's like, oh, shoot. I got to check that box. (laughs) And if I don't, she'll kick me out. So, okay, I'm going to check the box. It's better to kick him out now and then say, I would feel safer with you out of the house. I'm not sure if he'll ever be safe for me or not. Good luck. And then just observe. Yeah. Because you you keep handing him the checkbox. Yes. Yes. It's definitely not emotional maturity or what like someone who's mature would look like. And also the checkbox is bad. Okay. Here's the real thing. You know how you were like, the addiction recovery program prolonged my abuse? Yes. Giving him checkboxes will also prolong your own abuse. Yeah, but what if he didn't see what he was doing before, and now he is in a class with someone that's like pretty sassy? If he sees it, he they're sees giving it, him the job to. They're giving him the job to like pay attention to when he's being controlling and pay attention to when he's being needy. All right. I know he might be getting more aware. I think he is getting more aware, but I think he's still immature. You've been married to him for 25 years, right? Yep. If I were myself knowing what I know in your situation, okay, now I would just do the strategic communication stuff in my house. So be like, he'd come in and be like, hey, like, how does he gaslight you when you're reading? What does he say? He just walks up and starts talking to me. He just interrupts I would just keep reading. 
and see how he handles it. And just be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. But see, what you're saying is, though, if he was someone who actually cared about me, he would say, are you okay if I interrupt you? He's not going to care, right? But I really do think I'm seeing a little bit of that, of him actually. And, and I realize at this point, I can't tell if it's sincere. What if it's over a year time period that he's... And it might be not that he's not being invasive. Right. Like, right. But that's that's what I'm saying. Instead of saying anything, I would just literally look at my book and be like, I'm reading. And then just yeah. read and then be like, I don't know if you notice, but I'm reading. And then just keep reading, but not say you're interrupting me, you're controlling you know, none of that being like, I don't know if you notice, but I'm reading. And then about the sex stuff, it'd be like he, if he's like, hey, I want to move in, be like, nah, I don't feel safe enough yet. But, but that's it. Like, no, yeah. no, thank you. That's it. You mean just observe how he chooses to mature on his own? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and not necessarily confront him about his stuff, but also don't comply with it. Mm-hmm. So you're right? more saying be more observant and see what initiative he's taking on his own. Yes, and also don't comply. So if he comes in and tries to talk to you, instead of saying, hey, you're now trying to coercively control me into talking to me and now you're gaslighting me, right? Instead of yeah, saying that, be like... that's what I look like. <laughs> be like, I- I'm reading. And just read. Yeah. And if he's like, hey, I want to do this thing. Like, if he's like, when are we going to get back together? Instead of being like, I don't know. Let's have a conversation about it. Be like, oh, maybe we can talk about it later. Yeah. Like, you don't care? Eh, doesn't matter. I'm busy doing this other thing. So why would you do that? Because anything else is actually a relationship with the person where you're like trying to have a relationship. And if you're trying to have a relationship, it gives them check boxes. Mm-hmm. And you cannot have a real actual relationship with an abuser. So you're actually like still in this place where you're thinking of him and seeing him as like a regular person who yeah. could like actually do that. It does not matter if they are abusive. It literally like does not matter what you say, what you do. They will. They are not going to change like they're just not. And so if he has a goal in mind, he is going to check those boxes in order to groom you to get the goal. Yeah. Hmm. And when he doesn't get the goal or if he grooms you and then you don't react the way that he the goal was intended. So let's say he's like, if I'm really kind to her for a week at the end of the week, she's going to go on a date with me in his head. Yeah. Okay in his head and then he's really kind to you all week and then he's like hey i'd like to take you on a date and you're like nah i'd rather stay home and read but thanks that's nice of you to ask then that's when the anger comes out yeah okay and that's when you know that he had a goal no yeah i think that's beautiful actually if you don't give him any check boxes and he has no goal and he can't figure out what to do then he either has a choice to be a healthy human being or just be a psycho Mm mm-hmm and if he turns into a psycho, that's not great for you, but you'll know, man, I have to He's get divorced. He's not choosing to grow up then. But this yeah. like therapy stuff and like giving him the check boxes and stuff, yeah. I'm worried that it will only prolong your healing still. Yeah. Well, I think what you're saying makes sense. But it could be because it has wrong. to be coming from him. The therapists I'm working with are helping me not be compliant. So I think that part is really, really good. The only Um, problem is I I was never compliant, so I was always (laughs) confrontational. But I was always confrontational and compliant. I would say all the ways that he's not okay, but I was still, like, taking care of everything, making sure, you know? Right. Yeah, that's true. 
And, you know, that being said, I think I might have been that way, too, where I was, like, always confronting him. But then actually, like, I was still having sex doing with him what or he whatever. Yeah. And it didn't matter because yeah. he was still getting what he wanted. In <laughs> the end, I started doing that where I was just like, uh-huh, yeah, whatever. Or he'd be like, you know, la, 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 la. And I'd be like, what? I'm sorry. I can't hear you. I got to go anyway. I got this thing. <laughs> but can we talk about it later or whatever? And he, that's when he got arrested. He flipped out and got arrested. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. That is so interesting because I, I did hear, I think I listened to maybe your first podcast also. I thought that your husband was doing domestic abuse the whole time. It was only when I started doing the strategic stuff of not confronting him. Mm. Like I was like, I'm not going to confront him anymore. I'm just going to like that shows back. you're healthy on your own and you're not getting engaged in the like, is yes. there a relationship here or not? You're not giving him the script to groom you with here. If you do these things, I'll let you back in maybe. And these are the things that bother me because you know what? That script, once he gets back in the house or if he's still abusive, will flip on you instantly because he'll be like, she just gave me all of the things that really hurt her. Now I'm going to use them. Mm. So if you hold your cards really close to your vest where you're like, I'm not going to show him what bothers me, even though you're hurt and you're being abused. You don't give him a checklist. What about, I don't think he's trying to hurt me. I think he's trying to. To control you, which is Control harm. me. Yeah, he right. is trying to control me 100%. Which is hurt. Yeah, so that part is hurt. But I just mean, I don't think he's trying to do things to set out to cause harm. He's setting out to do things to get what he wants. Yeah, Exactly. But the thing, the problem is that he doesn't care about you. And so he's going to hurt you in the process. So far, it has been. If I don't comply, then I will get hurt. Yeah, but it's been emotional yeah. hurt. Be interesting to see like what happens because how he handles aloofness. What about this? Because the first month, though, we were like I was like that. I didn't think that it was going to work out at all. I was completely disengaged. I would still give him a chance every once in a while to talk to me, and he would start telling me how wonderful things are, and I'd be like, "Okay, I'm done talking." His grooming worked because you're engaging now. Yeah. Well, he hasn't gotten anything yet, but he hasn't been kicked out. So <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. He has not been kicked out. So my ex at a certain point where he saw that I was like mm, really aloof, guess what he decided in his head? This was before he started assaulting me, but he decided we were just going to be roommates. So he was just going to look at porn and not try anymore because then he was like, wait a minute, I can't. I can't get can't do control this right. her. So yeah, my biggest concern is you giving him a script to groom you or giving him a checklist. They're so good at that. And if they have no checklist and there's no timeline and there's just like you being aloof, that's not control for them at all. Yeah. That's like what is happening. You don't deserve to be abused. Well, but I feel like I'm not gonna put up with it. Like even if it happens, I'm gonna walk away from it. So even if we. I feel like I'm not going to have to put up with it anymore, no matter what, because even if we were together, I'm going to be walking away from it and he's going to be leaving because I tell him to. And if he doesn't do that, then it would be over. So at least it would be this minimal type yeah. of stuff. I think it's just like the the boundary is the opposite of what it should be. It's the difference between someone saying, okay, if you don't get a polygraph let's say i don't necessarily recommend polygraphs but a lot of women say this if you don't get a polygraph in six months you're going to need to move out okay there's the difference between that 
and saying, you need to move out now so that I can be safe. And I'm going to observe from a distance to see if you can be honest with me. I'm just going to observe. And they don't even, that's, the, that's all they that's do. Interesting. And they, and then they sit and watch to see if he's like, you know what? I did this polygraph on my own or I'm becoming more honest. And they watch what he does when they're completely separated, like actually separated. Mine went off the deep end. The second he was not in the house, he like completely went off the deep end. And I was afraid of that. Right. Because like, there's some way you can like give him the check boxes. And I thought the same thing where I was like, he is never going to get it. Like someone has to teach him how to do it because he doesn't know. Yeah. And now I'm like, he has had plenty of time now to learn. It is eight years later for me. He is the same exact person remarried. Like there was nothing that I could have said or done. He would have checked boxes all day long and I would have maybe prolonged my own healing accidentally. But what do you think about like my bar is low right now, right? I'm totally going to talk to my therapist about all the stuff that you're saying and I'm going to seriously think about it. And I think you're making really good points. But what if it's just like my bar is so low because of the kids? If I can create an environment where my boundaries are so good and he's walking away when I tell him to walk away. Do you know what I'm saying? And he's mostly, mostly not being a jerk. And occasionally he is abusive and then he leaves because I tell him to leave and I walk away from it. Right. And if it's so rare and he's still super emotionally immature, right. He's still not growing up, but he's not doing crappy things because he can't get away with it anymore. So he's immature, but he's not doing crappy things, but home life is stable for my kids. Do you know what I'm saying? I think that's why my bar is so low. Is that not rational? <laughs> that's kind of like saying I, I can be touched by flames and not get burned. <laughs> that is a good point because I am actually super concerned that the closer he gets, I won't be able to think clearly because I do struggle to see clearly. We talk about this analogy in the strategic thought and communication workshop. That's like trying to say I can be like in a flame and not get burned. It doesn't matter what you think. You will get burned. Abuse will hurt you. So you are going to get hurt if you are being harmed. If someone comes up and punches you in the face, you can't just be like, I'm not going to get hurt. Like that'll put you out the whole day and you'll have a bruise. But what if because you don't believe it? Because he his whole deal was just you're mean and I'm lonely. And if I'm not buying that anymore, do you know what I'm saying? Like if I can see clearly enough that it's like, oh, wow, you're okay. I'm done talking to you. Then it's not going to have the harm that it has caused. Totally. Totally. So there, there could, in your case, you might be like, this is the right thing for me, right? There's totally that. I do want to challenge that fundamental thing that like, and I think this is the heart of it. All of the reasons why you don't want to actually get to safety, why you want to get out of the fire are related to how am I going to take care of my kids? How am I going to pay the bill? You know, that kind of stuff. Right. So instead of even considering Is he going to get better? Is he not going to get better? Any of that, like perhaps here's another idea. Again, just brainstorming here. You don't have to listen to anything I say. You can think I'm crazy. I'm totally listening to you and I, and I appreciate you challenging me. Put it on the shelf for a little while and be like, you know what? I don't even care. I am just going to start praying for the waters to be parted because you know what? God is a billionaire. It's weird. (laughs) He has all the money. 
that you could ever want or need. He has all the resources you could ever want or need. And they are available to you. Now, I'm not saying you're ever going to be a billionaire. That's not what I'm saying. But like, if you start praying and saying, Heavenly Father, I am in an unsafe situation. And the only thing keeping me in this situation are resources. So Mm. how can I get the resources that I need? What do you want me to do? Kind of like Nephi and the boat, right? He's like, where are the tools so I can build the boat? Yeah. You mean, because if he needs it to happen, he can provide the resources. Exactly. Or if I want it to happen. Yeah. Yes. I, and- I think I have lived my life like, God, what's the exact right thing to do? And I think God really wants us to exercise our agency. Yeah. If you're like, I'm sick of this abuse, he'd be like, yay, I've been waiting 25 years for you to say this. Right? Yeah. I really do think, though, if he chose to be mature, I would want to stay. But I, I agree with what you're saying that it has to be his own volition and not. And that's really interesting because I think I have been I'm babysitting him the way you were talking about, like, do this and then do this and then do this. You're never going to know until you like set him free. And that's super scary because pretty much they like take a deep, deep dive after dive that. off the deep end. And you don't want that to happen. So you're not like you're like, I don't want to do it because that's what I did, too. And that's what happened. So the chances of that happening are like 98%, right? And you could you be the 2%? Yes. We're going to take a break here. I know that conversation got really intense. Claire and I are going to continue our conversation next week. So stay tuned. If this podcast was helpful to you, please help us reach other women by pushing that follow or subscribe button and giving us a five-star rating. Thank you for helping get the word out. Your donations keep this podcast going. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, Click on support the BTR podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there.